Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. All right. Well, feels good in here. Glad that you are here. So glad that you are here. Some of you braving rain and such to actually be in the place. Uh, we're also thankful for those watching uh, on a screen somewhere. Um, we also want to do this. Here at the Curry Ford campus, can we take a moment and go crazy for Michigan Street campus and our Red Bug Lake campus? We always kind of link up and we're so glad they're going crazy there as well. Um, so anyway, man, yeah, it means a lot that you're here. Uh, it's just, you know, yeah, it's good. Should we, should we talk about it? The elephant in the room? Uh, for those of you who were not here uh, last Wednesday night, last Wednesday night was a uh, very, very special night. Um, but uh, um, here at Faith Assembly, last Wednesday night, we voted in a, a new lead pastor. And uh, so we are uh, overwhelmed with that. Hold on. <laughs> I like how some people, like, this is their first time here. They still don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, that was us. But uh, let me say this. Um, we were, my wife and I, Wednesday night, um, we were so, so moved. Uh, it, was, um, it was so special. Um, we were able to come out at the very end after the stage was, was clear just uh, for distance-wise because um, I had tested positive last Sunday morning, and so I couldn't be in service uh, last Sunday, which was just really, really hard for us not to be here for that. Um, today, the only thing I'm testing positive for is positive that God's going to do amazing things around here. Amen. I'm positive of that. Amen. All right. <laughs> but um, we, 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 we stepped out on the stage, and um, there was a great show of love and excitement and, and all of that, which, which meant a lot. But can I tell you what I was left with um, walking away from that moment was more than the love and the excitement of the moment and the emotion of the moment. But it, was, it hit me like a wave that there was this, this spiritual expectation in that room, and there is here today as well, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming together believe in God for a fresh move of his spirit and a new season, and that's just God, that's just how he works, you know, and, and when we expect those kinds of things, that's, that's how faith works, right? When we expect that God's going to do amazing things uh, in our midst, then, that's, then God's going to do amazing things in our midst, and I think that's what uh, just really, really rocked us, and I want you to know we are, boy, we are so excited to say that we're excited about the future of this place would be a gross understatement. Um, I have said, we have said for years and years that we love this church. We've said for years and years that we love you, all of you that make up this church. Um, but can I tell you that Wednesday night, um, something kind of happened in my heart. Uh, it's kind of like when the Grinch, when his heart grew nine sizes that day or whatever it is. Um, I loved you so much more uh, than I ever did before uh, Wednesday night, and that's just uh, kind of goes with the territory, but um, man, I love you guys, and 
So excited. So excited for the future, and uh, it's going to be a fun ride. Amen. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to preaching this message. I also want to welcome um, some friends that are here with us this weekend, came in for this, uh, for this weekend just to kind of celebrate all this with us. Um, but it's uh, Chris and Lisa Young. They pastor a great church in Northern California outside of Sacramento. And so they're right over here. So you guys can wave or something or stand. Or, but it's funny. My wife leaned over to me and reminded me of this just now. But because rap... Rapids, our middle school ministry is in here actually today, uh, so we give it up for Rapids as well. But, but uh, <laughs> Chris and Lisa were on staff here at, at Faith Assembly before a lot of your time, uh, 24 years ago, 23 years ago, something like that. But they started Rapids when they were here as middle school pastors, and so uh, it's still going strong. So, man, it means so much that you guys came in this weekend uh, for this uh, awesome weekend's services. Um, we're going to pray and ask God to anoint this word. And also, uh, as given the weekend that we are in and tomorrow, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I also want to pray um, for our country. Uh, we want to pray that uh, we want to pray for greater levels of, of racial harmony and social justice. And I also want us to pray for us as a church that we would continue to be. Um, an example to our city and to our, our nation of what it looks like when people come together from all kinds of different nationalities and creeds and colors under the banner of Jesus Christ to be one, loving one another, because that's how they know we're his disciples, because we love one another. We're going to pray that we continue to do that all the more. And that when people come on this place, they go, wow, something's happening here. What's going on here? And we said, we're just practicing for heaven because this is what heaven's going to look like. Um, and so we'll pray for that as well. We're going to pray for God to anoint this word. Pray with me if you would. Lord, anoint our hearts to hear your word. You are good. Your word is enough. And Father, we also just take a moment and we pray for our church. God, that our church would continue to be, that we would grow in this expression of what it looks like when people from all kinds of different backgrounds and nationalities and walks of life and creeds and what, whatever, whatever, however the world would try to maybe divide us or define us, we all come together under this one banner of Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that as we do that, that more and more people would find you, that they would find this as a place that they are accepted and celebrated. And we just thank you for that. We pray for our country, God. We pray for racial harmony just to increase in our country. We pray for any areas where social justice is lacking and uh, racism, God. We just come against it right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that we could be a part of maybe bringing some healing in our little part of the world. And we love you, Father. I pray you'd anoint this word right now. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church. And in Jesus' name, everybody across all of our campuses said, amen. amen. You can just get used to amen. And if you want to amen today uh, throughout this message, you can. We're going to start a new series today. Simply just called this, What Kind of Church Is That? What Kind of Church Is That? And one of the reasons, let me just speak prophetically over you for a moment, one of the reasons why we are starting this series, and we'll be in this series actually for quite, quite a few number of weeks. What kind of church is that? 
We're launching this because prophetically by faith, I'm speaking this over your life, that when you're out and about, you are going to be inviting people to church at a pace that you never have before. Oh, you did much better than first service. First service, they stayed quiet on that, and I had to say it again to get to amen. I said, you're going to be inviting people to church at a pace, at a clip we never have before. And so it's going to go like this. You're going to say, hey, you should come to my church. Matter of fact, let's practice. Say that. You should come to my church. Ooh, you sound good saying that. You should say that. That's good. So you're going to say that to people, and then they're going to say back to you, Oh, what kind of church is that, that faith assembly? What kind of church is that? Now, there's all kinds of different ways that somebody could describe, but we're going to kind of go week by week and just reaffirm and um, just remind everybody what kind of church we are. So you could actually even say, if, they, if you ask somebody this week, you should come to church. They say, what kind of church is it? You could say, we're actually talking about that this weekend. You can come, and that answer will be given. But we're going to start out week one of what kind of church is that with this? We are a consecrated church. We are a consecrated church. And if you go to Joshua chapter three, uh, I wanna read five verses from the book of Joshua chapter three, and we're gonna read a little bit about what it looks like to be consecrated. We'll start in verse one. If you uh, got a copy of God's word, you can turn there. If not, it will be on the screens. But uh, anybody ready for the word? Say amen. amen. All right, here's what it says. It says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shidom and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. These were their orders. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out. When you see the ark, move. Move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Oh, let that be the case. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. And then verse five, probably our key verse says this. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I just speak that out prophetically right now. Consecrate yourself now because tomorrow the Lord's gonna do amazing things among you. We're gonna talk about consecration. The word consecrate kinda has two different meanings. The first would be this. It means to set apart or to remove from common use. When I think about that, that setting apart and removing from common use, um, I think fasting falls into that category that we're setting apart some things from our life and, and things that are common and things that maybe would be a normal part of our life. We're, we're setting those things apart because we're consecrating ourselves to get ready for what the Lord was going to do. See, the, the children of Israel in this, in this uh, passage of Scripture, ironically enough, they were actually kind of just on the back end of a healthy pastoral transition at the Church of Israel. And, uh, and now Joshua gets up and kind of the first thing he says, consecrate yourself because God's getting ready to do some good things around here. So first of all, consecrate would hold the meaning that uh, to kind of set ourselves apart from common use. But the second definition of consecrate is this. It's to be subject to special treatment. And with this, it makes me think of prayer. 
Because that's really what prayer is. The fact that I could approach the God of the universe and hear his voice and be led by him and bring my petitions to him. You want to talk about special treatment. You want to talk about an audience with someone who's very, very important. And so this season that we are launching into right now, this season of fasting and prayer, it's all about consecrating. It's all about the reason why we are doing this. It's we're consecrating ourselves because God's getting ready to do amazing things. When I was thinking about fasting and consecration, I was thinking about, you know, I think about fasting kind of like this. It's, it's like when you're going to, uh, on a trip somewhere, right? And you're, you're going to the airport and you got your suitcases and you got them packed, I mean, way more than you need. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna be gone three days and you're averaging about four outfits per day in your suitcase. There's no way you're gonna get to it all. I'm speaking to some of the ladies right now. It's all good. The Lord still loves you, but you're waiting in line to get on the, uh, get up there to, to turn over your luggage to the airline so hopefully they'll end up there in your final destination and you're moving, your back's out because you're carrying these heavy suitcases and then it comes time for you to put your, uh, your suitcase on the scale and so you lift up that first, well some of you, you try to act like it's not heavy even though the scale's gonna be the scale but you're like, no, it's not that bad actually. You put it down and you wanna talk about praying. Some of you never intercede quite like you do at the airport in this moment. That's when you get real spiritual all of a sudden. Lord, I know I haven't talked to you in a while, but if there's a way that you could just lighten this load, these heavy burdens, just take them away right now. And you put it down in that first suitcase, 49.9, and then the worker just takes you, you're like, yes! And then you go to the second suitcase, and you're getting ready to lift that one up there, and you're like, oh boy. You're like, this one's heavier than the last one, I'm in trouble. And you, you lift it up there, you put it on the scale. Meanwhile, your carry-on's already stuffed to capacity. You put it down, and then the scale bumps up there, 55.5. And that person looks up at you and says, it's too heavy. It can't go. And now you've got a decision to make. Do I just turn around, stay home? Or do I take my suitcase out in front of all these people here at the airport? And do I... Uh, Open it up here in front of everybody. You got people waiting on you. They're mad at you now because they're going to miss their flight because now you got to sit here and go through your suitcase. And you open up your suitcase and you have to start digging through your stuff. And right there in front of everybody, trying to find something heavy enough to unload from this. And, uh, you know, it's bad enough you're having to get all your stuff out. People have to see your Space Jam pajamas right here at the airport. <laughs> all this stuff coming out of here, a little... Whitey tidies out for everybody to see. Uh, this kind of, this, this stuff here that I have found, unfortunately, none of it's heavy enough for me to still get to go and do what I want to do and go where I want to go and see what I want to see. And this is kind of what a picture of fasting is. See, here's the thing. Joshua says to the people, God's saying to us today, consecrate yourselves because I'm getting ready to do amazing things. Consecrate yourself because of where I'm getting ready to take you, because of what you're getting ready to see, and you got a choice to make. I can either stay here, or I can lighten my load. And so that's why for these next 21 days, some of this stuff that was in our, our, our luggage, we gotta take out. Listen, I love an ice cream cone as much as the next guy. And I know it's a gamble, you know, uh, 
first act as lead pastor, calling everybody to stop eating all the good stuff. I know that's a gamble. But uh, we gotta decide how badly do I wanna go where I wanna go. So you got some stuff packed in here that I think we can lighten the load a little bit if we just get rid of some of this stuff that's in here. I don't even know how this cake got in here. I gotta be honest, um, we missed last Sunday, but somebody brought me over some of the cake from, uh, from the festivities last Sunday, and I ate a little bit of it this week. I just gotta be honest, but none next week, amen. And so there's all kinds of different fasts with some of us we're taking, let me get some of this. I didn't even know, the sad thing is some of you when you go on trips, you actually do pack stuff like this, and I don't even know what's wrong with you. Uh, but there's different kinds of fasts. There's total food fasts, and uh, then there's um, partial food fasts for extended periods of time. That's what we're doing, uh, at least, um, where that would be the, the bottom level, we would ask, is we're talking about, like, no sweets and no bread. Oh, look what else I got packed in here. I got a, a, a little... A little steak happening up in here. And it's not about this being right or wrong. That's, that's not what we're saying. See, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says it this way. That you should throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. It's two different things. Of course we throw off sin. That's called being a Christian. And if you've got sin in your life before this service is over, you'll have a chance to throw off the sin. But then in addition to sin, Hebrews 12, 1 is talking about hindrance. Hindrance is things that may not be sin, they just may be weighing you down. Hindrance may be talking about things that may not be a sin, you just aren't gonna get to the location that God actually wants you to get to as long as you're carrying it around. You're not gonna see the things God wants you to see as long as you're carrying it around. So that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about when we talk about a, a season of fasting. Some of this stuff that's not, I'm not much of a seafood person anyway, but maybe this is just for 21 days. But maybe it's some things other than food. Some of you got, you've been carrying some stuff around, packing some stuff around. We got uh, music. Maybe this is a good season for you to fast, uh, you know, some, some certain kinds of music. And, and I know somebody in the, in the place thinking, oh, I don't listen to that bad music. You know, I, I listen to the oldie stuff, or I listen to the 80s stuff, or I just listen to country, or I just, whatever genre you want to throw in there. But this might be a good season where you just fill your house with nothing but worship music. And maybe as you just fill your house and your life with worship music, you may start to see God in a different way. There might be a shift in your life. So I don't know what else you got packed in here this way. No wonder this suitcase was overweight. And maybe some of you need to give up the, the television for some of this fast or for all of this fast or, or something like that. Um, maybe that, that would be something that, that you could uh, do without for a season so that you could go where God wants you to go. What else? Oh, I see what was so heavy in here. I'm just going to let that, I'm just going to let God speak to some of you just right there. I'm not going to preach against gaming. God is right there. No, I'm just kidding. No, but for a season, right? Maybe for a season, we could put some of that stuff away. Uh, uh, everybody was all happy that I just talked about gaming, but some people aren't going to be so happy that I, what was this doing in there? We go, is that a sin? Actually, yes. These are, no, I'm just kidding. It's a, everybody's going, is that a sin? It may or may not be. It certainly can be, but boy, it can sure be a hindrance. It can sure take too much of my time. It can sure get in the way sometimes when God's going, come on, I got things I want to show you. I got places I want to take you. I want to do amazing things. 
And so as we lighten our load, we got to get everything out of here that was too heavy. And so this, whoa, this Bible, maybe we should keep this around because some of you on your other trips, you don't ever even pack this and that's why the suitcases got all this other stuff. We'll keep this one in here because this is going to be a season when God speaks to us. This is going to be a season when God does amazing things. And so here's the thing. We get to that place there in the airport and we have to decide how badly do I want to go. How badly do I want to see some new things? How badly do I, want to, do I want to go to some new places? And that's what this season of fasting is all about right now. How badly do we want it? Now I want you to do me a favor. Would you just clap your hands for Will for helping me out? Well, he's down here. A good, a good magician never gives away his secrets, but I never claim to be a good magician, so Amen. <laughs> So we're going to talk about a little bit about prayer and fasting and, and, the, uh, and put that as our practical step towards consecration. Prayer is simply this. Prayer is connection to God. And if prayer is connection to God, then you could say fasting is disconnection from the world. Fasting is disconnection from our flesh. And when you put those two things together, look out. When you combine prayer and fasting, prayer is probably the most talked about and least practiced of the Christian activities. Oh, we can talk a good game when it comes to prayer, but we just don't pray like we should. We just don't pray. Uh, maybe, maybe we don't pray because we don't see results. And maybe we don't see results because we never fast. Mm. Prayer is not an option for the Christian. Prayer is a part of the, the Christian life. And what fasting does as a part of prayer is fasting increases my capacity for spiritual power to flow through my life. It's, it's like a conduit or a pipe, right, when water's trying to flow and then stuff will kind of get in there and clog it up. And it's like when, when Drano or something right, comes through and opens those pipes up and then even more of the water can flow through. That's what fasting does. Some of this stuff I just need to kind of clear out of the way to open me up to more of a spiritual climate in my life. And as part of, uh, as, as part of Joshua's instructions here in the third chapter... He asked them to consecrate themselves, but in the midst of that consecration, as part of those instructions, he asked for three focuses. And that's what we're going to look at in our remaining time, these three focuses. Focus number one would be his presence. Focus two would be our position. And focus three will be new places. This is what, Jake, this is what Joshua asked them to focus on uh, as, this, as part of this consecration. So first, let's talk about his presence. We see there in the beginning of verse three, this is what Joshua says. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move. When you see the ark, move. When you see the ark, move. Now the ark of the covenant, this is not Noah's ark, okay? Two different arks, all right? Because some of you are like, that's big. I knew, I knew that ark thing was big. This is not. This is the ark of the covenant. It was a wooden box, gold-plated and inside of the box were the stone tablets that contained uh, the Ten Commandments. And as you can see on the top, there was a slab of gold. Um, and that was uh, the mercy seat. And uh, the priest would sprinkle blood on that uh, for the um, covering of, of, of the people's sins. And then you see the cherub uh, that were also up there 
on the ark. And basically, this ark represented uh, uh, and symbolized a lot. But there for the children of Israel, it, it, it amounted to the fact that it represented the presence of God, the glory of God. And so Joshua, in a very real way, was saying, when the presence of God moves, let it move you. When the presence of God moves, let it move you. Can we just be real for a second? Just be honest with yourself. I'm not asking for a show of hands, but be honest with yourself. When's the last time the presence of God moved you? When's the last time you were moved in his presence? And for some of us, we maybe think a week or a month or a year, but for some of us, maybe it's way, way too long that we can honestly say, oh, that moment I remember when the presence of God moved me. Let that be our, let that be our, our testimony though now. Let that be our testimony of these next 21 days and beyond that we would so consecrate ourselves that we would get so tuned in to the presence of God that we'd be so moved by the presence of God, by what we kind of start to have in our life that the presence of God would start to move us to maybe, maybe be, have some things a part of our life. That's what, that's what prayer would do. Prayer would start to move you in the presence of God, but you've got to make prayer a priority. You've got to start uh, setting aside time to pray because uh, it's not gonna find you. You gotta find it. Maybe it's a matter of coming to these prayer services, and I do invite you on these Friday, Friday nights. Of course, this Friday, let me just read reiterate that we, what we just, um, you saw maybe in the news a moment ago, but this Friday we start with 24 hours of prayer. So from Friday morning, 7 a.m. till Saturday morning at 7 a.m. We expect all of you to be there for all of it. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. We don't. Uh, but come for some of it. And then within that window, 7 a.m. to 7 a.m., that Friday night at 7 p.m., we will have a con concentrated kind of prayer experience where probably the, the most people will be. But come and be as, as coming in and out of that. It'll be here at this campus in this building uh, starting at 7 a.m. And so maybe it's a matter of making prayer meetings a, a priority in your life so that you would be moved by the presence of God again. Uh, and maybe you go, well, I've never been to a prayer meeting. Well, then awesome. This will be, be a really good time to, to start and, and, and try one. So maybe it's that. Maybe it's just being at home and, and finding a place of prayer, finding a place of prayer with your family at home and maybe having some time where the TV gets shut off and instead of that, you just pray and spend a few minutes uh, going after the presence of God. Well, some of you go, I've never done that before. I know, but, but you could. You could do that. And, and when, when we, our kids were, were growing up, we would have seasons uh, like this where we would kind of just pray and turn our house kind of into a little prayer meeting moment, and especially during these, types of, uh, these times of the year. And I remember one of those, one of those nights we were in, in our living room all praying and we had worship music going and we were just kind of taking some time praying, and then I'd pray for uh, each person there in the family as well. And, and uh, one of those nights, I remember one of my sons was, was really getting broken in the presence of God. And he was kind of so young that he didn't really even understand uh, what was going on. And so we kind of got done with that, and he goes, why am I crying? And I said, well, bud, let me tell you, let me tell you why you're crying. It's because I've prayed over you a lot that you'd be sensitive to the presence of God. I prayed over my kids that they would be, mm, mm, that they'd be moved 
by the presence of God. And there he was in that moment, and I said, it's just, it's just God. He's like, is it that song? I was like, well, sort of. No, it's the, it's the God of that song, you know what I mean? Uh, and so maybe it's that, and you go, I've never, but I've never prayed with my family. I know, but we're getting ready to see God do some new things in our life. Be moved by the presence of God in new times of worship. There's one thing about this instruction, when the the ark moves, you move. But there's something unique about these instructions. I don't know if you caught it, it kind of caught me off guard a little bit in verse four. He said, when the ark moves, you move, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. And I wanna be like, well that's not, we always preach intimacy with God. We always preach, you get as close to God as you can. So Joshua now is telling them, no, don't get as close as you can. You stay almost a mile away. And you go, well, that doesn't, I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, here's, here's two reasons why that was happening. One reason is because of the dispensation of darkness that they lived under. We live under the New Testament, under the New Covenant. They lived in the Old Covenant. And so uh, there was not a... There was not a uh, release of their sin enough to be able to be in the uh, Holy of Holies in the presence of God, so they had to keep their distance. Uh, Now, when Jesus dies on the cross, um, the curtain to the Holy of Holies is, is torn open, symbolizing now that we can boldly have that intimate, close access to God. So they were in a different dispensation. That's part of it, but I like the other reason why. The other reason why he said, hey, keep your distance is because there was hundreds of thousands of people that were supposed to move when the ark moved. And if he didn't say keep your distance, here's what would happen, is the ark would start to move and a few, a portion, right, a small percentage of those people would go in and cram in and be so close to the ark that now the others would not be able to see and experience the presence of God. So he was saying keep your distance Because this call to be moved by the presence of God is not just for a few, it's for everybody. Oh, I'll I'll preach it just for a second. I said it's for everybody. Because what we do in church is we go, okay, it's the season of prayer and fasting and they're gonna talk about that kind of stuff and that's for some of these people. Like we want stuff for our church that we don't really want for ourselves. You know, like I want revival in my church. I don't personally have time for revival, but I do want revival in my church. I want a move of God. I don't have time to pay the price for the move of God, but our church should have a move of God. Sometimes we want things for our church that we don't. Listen, you are our church. And this calling to be moved by the presence of God is for everybody. It's for everybody, not just for the select few. Not just, some of you go, no, that's just for the little holy saints, like, you know, the little super saints, the little, the little extra Christians, the little the people living in the clouds. They ain't got no problems. They just run around and pray all day anyway, so their life doesn't even change. No, this fast is for the people who need a breakthrough. This fast is for the people who need something to happen in their homes, in their families, in their jobs, in their finances. Somebody's kind of going through something. No, that's, this is for you. And so I want you, if you've never considered this before, I know some of you, I know it's real. Some of you heard us talk about this year after year and you're just, you just always assume you can't do it. Why? Well, I just, I really like food. Hey, we all like food, baby. And I know, but I get really hungry. I do too, trust me. But it's about where we want to go, right? It's about what we're getting ready to see. And this call is for everybody. Matter of fact, when Jesus, I like it, Matthew chapter six, Jesus never said, if you fast. We kind of act like Jesus said, if you fast. In Matthew six, Jesus said, when you fast. 
Twice he said it. When you fast. He's given instructions. When you fast. Don't make a big deal about it. When you fast. Just look good. Just go, go about life. And, 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 and don't make a big. Everybody focus on you. When you fast. When you fast. And he didn't say if you fast. It's because Jesus just thought you were going to fast. He just thought when faith assembly called the fast, you were going to be in on it. And maybe somebody goes, well, I'll fast when God tells me to. He is telling you to. He's using me to tell you. He's like, hey, tell them to do this. I was like, all right. That's kind of how it works sometimes. Amen. So we got to think about his presence in a different way. Let this season of consecration also let us focus on our position. I, love, I like this, the second part of verse three in Joshua. He, Joshua says, You're, you are to move out from your positions and follow the ark. Move out from your position. Like, move out from where you have been. Move out from where you currently are. Change your position. For them, uh, they had come up on the Jordan River. The Jordan River was at flood stage. And now for them to change position was going to be difficult. It was not going to be easy. Matter of fact, when they came up against that river at flood stage, I'm sure many of them were thinking, you know what would be easier than changing our position is just keeping our position. You know what would be easier is just staying where we are. I bet when they came up to that river, someone would say, you know what? Unbelief kind of tells me, let's just go back to the way it's always been. Let's just go back to what we've always done. But faith, oh, faith will say, let's move forward. Faith will say, let's just, let's just get a different position. And sometimes the long longer we are in our current position, the harder it is to get into a different position. But God is calling us to get a different perspective, a different position. I remember years ago, and it's funny that our friends from California here, because they were with us that, that time we were, we were um, snowboarding and skiing, and the night before we had gone out on the slopes, they had gotten like I don't even remember, three or four feet of snow. It was crazy. It was awesome, powder, deep snow. But on the, on the sides, the wind had blown some of it where it was like really, really deep. And you couldn't really tell what was deep in snow or what was the contours of the mountain. And so I was just snowboarding down the mountain kind of by myself looking cool as I was doing it. And uh, I wasn't going that fast. And I went to this one area where I was coming, coming up on this one uh, higher spot. And what I didn't realize is that it was not higher because of the contour of the land. It was higher because it was just really, really deep. And so as I kind of go up there, I literally just go, and I just kind of disappeared into the snow. Had a snowboard on, and so when I, when I went down, all the loose snow came down on top of the snowboard. So now I'm kind of like locked in, like up to here was snow, and I'm not really sure what to do at this point. And uh, so I just thought, I guess this is how it ends. You know, like it's been a good run. Hopefully everyone will, you know, do great things at my funeral. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. So I take a couple seconds and try to maybe try to get out of there. I can't move my feet because they're strapped into the snowboard, which is now covered with I don't know how much snow. I can't reach to get the bindings loose and, and get out of there. So it's not a matter of just crawling. I can't crawl. I'm stuck. And so I had the thought, I mean, after I tried to do a couple things for a few minutes, I was already exhausted. And I just thought, you know what? Maybe I'll just hang out. Like maybe I'll just stay here for a while. And just see if somebody comes along at some point and helps me. No, they were, every people, everybody else was just skiing down the mountain, having a good old time, didn't even care about me stuck over there. Um, maybe I'll just stay here. Um, the problem is I, I already started to fast forward in my mind what would happen if I just stayed in this position. I mean, that was the easiest thing, because when you're stuck, 
When you're stuck, the easiest thing in the world to do is stay in that same position. Some of y'all have been stuck so long spiritually only because it's the easiest. It's not the best for you. Because I start thinking if I stay stuck, all that's going to come my way is eventual pain. All that's going to come my way is loneliness. If I stay stuck, all that's going to come my way is eventual injury, even potential death, which happens to us in the spirit realm when we stay stuck just because it's easy. And so I just decided to work. I started changing my position every way I could change my position. I ended up creating this big old, looked like a meteor had come down, this big old hole in the snow just to get out of there. And I feel like God might be speaking to somebody. You've been praying for the same stuff for so long. You've been stuck in the same sin, stuck in the same addiction, stuck in the same poor mindset for so long. And God's says, although it may take some effort, come on, change your position. Change your position. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus comes down off of a mountain, and there's a dad there who's got a son that's tormented by an evil spirit. And as soon as Jesus appears, the dad runs to Jesus and he says, listen, my son's tormented by this evil spirit and I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't help. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do anything. Can you help him? And Jesus, before he addresses this problem, he turns to his disciples and kind of expresses a little bit of disappointment that they weren't able to bring deliverance to this poor young man tormented by this demon. But then Jesus drives out this demon completely and gives this young man complete Um, relief and then a few minutes maybe an hour or two later the disciples and Jesus find themselves indoors and one of the disciples finally builds up the courage to ask Jesus what went on out there and why they weren't able to deal with that situation so they said when they come inside the house his disciples asked him privately "Why, why could we not cast it out So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. It seems as though there are some obstacles that we are facing that prayer, now stay with me, prayer is not enough. It seems like there are some things you can accomplish through prayer, but there are some things that you can't accomplish except by fasting and prayer. And so we've been praying for breakthrough. We've been praying for that same bondage, that same pain, that same bitterness, that same brokenness. We've been praying inside of that same poverty. We go, why isn't this working? And I'm just saying, maybe God Maybe God would bring you to this table and go, try praying this way. Try lightening the load and seeing if your prayers don't become even more effective. See if your capacity for spirituality doesn't just open up. We gotta think about our position. We also lastly gotta focus on new places. That's part of this. Remember, that's that's why we're doing this. This is a journey. We're not doing this just because it's the first part of the year and we just do it every year. No, I promise we wouldn't do it for that reason. We're not doing this out of habit. 
No, we're doing this because God's getting ready to take us into places we've never been before. And for that to be the case, we've got to consecrate ourselves. Verse four says, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. The theme of the book of Joshua is just that, is let's go on, let's move forward. And they were used to kind of being on the move and they were used to new experiences and new environments and new territory. But the territory that they were getting ready to experience was nothing compared to the new territory they had experienced in the past. Thus, the consecration. So even though you may be on a great journey with God and you may be seeing some new territory, I think God might be whispering in somebody's spirit, hey, let's ramp it up because the new things you're about ready to see won't even compare to the things that you've seen in the past. It's, an, it's a new, like it is a new season. Like it's okay, it just is. I know that. Like it's a new year. So that's, that's kind of a new season of itself. It's a new year. It's a new world out there, that's for sure. A lot of... We won't even know what's going on in the world half the time. New season, new world, new year, new challenges. There's going to be new crisis, I'm sure, this year. Things we don't even know about yet that the media's going to be like, you need to be scared about this now. We're going to be like, okay, we'll be scared about that now. Like, there's going to be new crisis, I'm sure, that'll pop up. New variants might even come. New levels, new devils. And you know what? I don't care. Any of those things come, I say, bring on. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. Why? Because we are a consecrated church. Because we're a church that's in tune with his presence. Bring it all on. Oh, I don't even know if I should preach this or not. But there may be somebody sitting out there going, and we got a new pastor that's never been a pastor before. How's that going to work? I'll tell you, you ain't got to worry about me because I'm going to be dedicated. I'm going to be consecrated. I'm going to be praying in tune with the presence of God. We're going to be fine. There's some new places God wants us to see. That's why we're doing this. I think sometimes Christians get caught up with the beginning of the Israelite story. The delivered from bondage, delivered out of slavery. We focus on that and we go, okay, that, and that's a picture of us today delivered out of the slavery and the bondage of sin. And they were delivered out of the slavery and, and bondage of a slave master. And now sin is our slave master. And that's the most important part of the story, right? Because look, they, they got delivered from the bondage. And now when we get saved, boom, that story's over. That's, that's the beginning of their story. But there was more. After they got delivered from that bondage of, of, of slavery, guess what they did? They moved. They grew. They advanced. They took new territory. They had new victories in their life. And the same is true for us. When you get saved, it's not the end of the story. No, God has more territory for you to take. He has more victories for you to discover. He has more prayers that he wants to answer in your life. He has more breakthrough coming. He wants you to grow in your spiritual understanding of the word of God. He wants you to grow in your hunger for the presence of God. He wants you to grow in your worship. Amen. Grow in your devotion life. That's all part of the journey. And that's why we're on it. And that's why we're going to be a consecrated church. A season of, of, of prayer. A season of fasting. Let me read verse 5 one more time. I said it was our key verse. Let me bring one thing out of it. And then we'll pray and close out. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now, I don't know if you noticed that word among before, but obviously it's highlighted there. He'll do amazing things among you. This is why it's highlighted. 
I went and I looked up that word that gets translated into English as among. I looked up that word in the Hebrew. And I looked up the, like, the definition of the word that gets translated among in the Hebrew. And this is what the definition of that word is. It's the, the literal definition, the literal meaning of that Hebrew word is this. Inward parts or heart. Inward parts or heart. So it's fitting that it gets translated things among you. But it also very practically could be translated, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things in you. Woo. In the inward parts. In your heart. Not just in the, not in the local body. Yes, in the local body. But not in the local body if it doesn't happen in you. You are the local body. So God is saying, if you'll consecrate yourself, I'll do something in you that is so profound that it'll affect everyone around you. That's the kind of season I'm ready for. Amen. That's the kind of season we're ready for. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.